passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned, Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. This is the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next, your new favorite beer with zero carbs, now available to you. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. Kudos for naming your son Ty, T-Y-E, just like I spell my name. There aren't many T-Y-E's out there. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. The state's excited about the football team. We're excited to show the state our team. goes a long way in recruiting. Whether you go to a place that's half full or whether you have one that's going to be full like ours and loud. And we have one of the most special things in the world in our hog call. It's powerful. It's moving. It's a lot of things. To have that stadium full and calling the hogs, it certainly helps us recruit. We're excited about having the brand of guys we have coming in here for this weekend. You have two guys that have been in this program for what seems like a millennium. Stalton Wagner and Bumperpool in their sixth year, the fifth time each that they have been on Sam Pittman Live. Two captains, two integral pieces of this football team. And football's not just all games. It's not just all fun. There are grueling workouts, grueling off-season condition. Yet these two guys and a bunch of guys last year, including Grant Morgan, Hayden Henry, and others, they wanted to come back. Because, not just of the football team, you as a fan and what everything else involved is, because mainly the guy that you heard talking before our open, that is Sam Pittman. Sam Pittman has restored this football program. He's got it back on track, and he is swayed. He has convinced those that even though they could probably venture off to the NFL or start their next stage of life in business or in their doctorate or whatever the heck they may be, Coming back to school this season was worth it as we get rolling here on Recruiting Thursday, Tommy. Yeah, we're uh, just two more. How many more sleeps? That's how we used to count Christmas, right? How many more sleeps we got? We got Friday night. We got Thursday night and Friday. We got two more sleeps. We get college football. I guess if you're just really, really anxious for football, tonight we get two SEC games. Tennessee plays Ball State, Louisiana Tech, and Missouri tonight. Both of those games uh, on the telly, so you can watch those. And uh, some games Friday, but 
you know, Saturday's what we're all ready for because we want to go watch our team play. But I'll be watching a little college football tonight. Pretty good, pretty good slate of games in total. You know, when SEC teams are involved, it always helps. And you're excited for your team, your fan base, and your stadium this Saturday. And listen, let's just let's get rolling this morning. There's only one Razorback. Isn't it the greatest mascot of all time? Isn't it the greatest mascot of all time? Isn't it the greatest sport of all time that we get to partake in in two days? Whether you're watching on your couch anywhere in Arkansas, whether you're making your way up to Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium to tailgate outside, or maybe you're venturing inside, we are only two days out. As Tommy just said, we got some SEC games tonight. It ain't your team, but it's still something you want to watch. I want to see how Hendon Hooker plays tonight. They're going to slaughter Ball State, so you can't take make too much out of what he does. I want to see how bad Missouri's going to be. I think Eli Drinkwitz is in for a horrible season this year, and they ought to be on upset alert. Louisiana Tech, that's a ball club that could beat them tonight and would love to open the season and put Missouri at 0-1. Would love to see that to start. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know if that will happen, but that, that, I think both of these games tonight should be interesting for various reasons. I think you're right. The second game should be more competitive and, you know, down to the fourth quarter. I think, you know, if Hendon Hooker's what others believe, including, you know, some of those that have played out the preseason list this year, coaches list, uh, all SEC list, ranked quarterbacks in this league, then we ought to see a good Tennessee performance. Um you know, I think Tennessee is kind of like Arkansas. You know, eight, nine wins. You got a little bit on the fringe expecting 10. I think they're expecting a good season. You know, it's much like the West. Georgia's the team to beat. Everybody else is beatable. Who else on Tennessee's schedule outside of Georgia and playing Alabama do they feel like they can't beat? So they're a lot like Arkansas in the fact that they think they've got 10 winnable games as well. And they have Alabama in Knoxville the third week in October after Alabama goes through a brutal scratch. So you betcha every Tennessee fan has that game circled for a game they think they can win. And they're trying to get over the Kentucky for that second spot, as Arkansas is for the second spot against Texas A&M, because that's the team you're probably going to have to edge out to get second. And we know who's sitting at the top, who you're going to have to beat week number five to get the first. But it starts with Cincinnati this week. You're going to hear from Sam Pittman coming up a little bit this morning. He touched on a few other things. I listened a little more of Luke Fickle. Have you watched Chuck mention it? There's a Let It Fly documentary. I watched the shortest bit of it, the Cincinnati doc. If you really want to get into the weeds and see what your opponent is like, just type in Let It Fly Cincinnati, and you can watch the little highlights. It's kind of like Hogs Plus up there in Ohio. That's the best way I can describe it for you. But if you really want to get into the weeds and get nitty-gritty, that's where you need to go. And uh, that, that would be a good kind of little scouting mission. I've got that note I wrote down from yesterday. But uh, yeah, I think fans are starting to turn the page. You know, I don't think anyone's disrespected or felt like Cincinnati wasn't going to be a tough opponent. I think the reality... Now with our listeners and the fan base starting to set in how good this team is, is we now we're paying attention a little bit more about this week and this game. And oh, they got five returning linemen. Oh, <laughs> they went thirteen and one last year. I think some some that haven't been locked in maybe as close as we've been for a few weeks are realizing um, this is certainly no gimme. You know, this is this is a fifteen foot putt for par this week, and it's makeable. You know, it doesn't have a, a ton of break on it, but you're going to have to play. B-plus, A-minus game at best, limit turnovers. K.J.'s going to have to be close to where he was in November last year 
to really give this team a chance to win on Saturday. I think you just want to pull away in the fourth quarter. I think this is going to be a touchdown ball game up to that point. If you can pull away by two touchdowns or ten points, you want to get this things in double digits to get the reassurance. Most importantly, you want the win. I guess in reality, you're just hoping for a W next to you in the column rather next to Cincinnati, but this is going to be a tough matchup. I was going back through who Cincinnati lost from last year. Nine guys to the draft, 11 total overall, two picked up free agent signings, but when you go up against an offensive line, as we discussed this week, that has five returning starters, and your presumed worst position group is the defensive line. We even heard Sam Pittman talking about it yesterday, talking about, well, I'm going to see if they can, I guess we're going to see if they're just going to try and run on us and do that. I want to see what this defensive line, that's the most important, in my opinion, the the position group you want to watch. Can these guys do anything against a returning group that has five starters back? Well, if you were drawing up a game plan to play Arkansas, what would be the first two things you'd talk about? Run the football, make the wide receivers beat you. Okay, basically the same thing. Run the football and make KJ throw it. So, I mean, we're, yeah. we're saying the same thing. So, uh, that's exactly what I would expect Luke Fickle. I mean, he's no dummy. He's a good football coach. He's a smart guy. He's done what Arkansas wants to do. That's get to the playoff. So, he's won 13 games in a year. Something Arkansas hasn't done. Something you'd like to do. So, I mean, got to have a lot of respect. That's exactly what I would expect that they're going to do is they're going to load the box up. They're going to bring the safety down maybe a little early. And until Arkansas proves otherwise, that's probably how they're going to approach the Razorbacks Saturday. That's what I would expect early. They're going to try to impose their offensive line on Arkansas and run the ball just like I believe Kendall Bryles and this football team will do. Georgia didn't run as much zero coverage as LSU did. But if you go watch that LSU game, even when you had Burks, Arkansas couldn't do anything in the passing game or the running game because they just stacked the box. Got to figure that out for this game on Saturday. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make. Make your first sports bet. Use our promo code Believe Fifty to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Believe B L E A V fifty. That's Believe B L E A V five zero. Bet online where the game starts. First Western Bank. We are more than just a bank. We are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. From financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional financial services all in one place. First Western Bank. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. Richard, appreciate you waking up early with us as always. When official visits are made, how far out are they when they set these dates? Yeah, they can vary, but, you know, I was thinking about that, uh, I don't know, 
I'm just thinking about that, and I, I would tend to think that on average you're looking at two to three months. You know that you know when when kids are able to uh, to figure things out. You know, as far as their schedule, their parents' schedule, uh, guardian special uh, uh, schedule. And uh, it's usually two or three months, and it can be. It could be as as uh, as little as a as a week or two. It just depends. Sometimes a kid will, at the last second will think that he wants to visit uh, at a later date, then changes it and says, uh, "Coach, can I come? Uh, you know, in a couple of weeks, or you know, this this you know this schedule kind of works out better for me." So it it, it just kind of varies, but for the most part. Uh, most of them, I would say, would say two or three months, uh, two or three months out. Richard, do you have anyone big time or any players notable coming in on Saturday? Yeah, Walker White uh, from Little Rock Christian, the quarterback, twenty twenty four quarterback, will will be uh, will be there. Uh, uh, you also got uh, T.J. Uh, Lindsey from uh, Benton. He'll, he'll also be there. Defensive tackle uh, from Bryant. Uh, I got a list of probably I don't know about twenty twenty five guys and and I, I know there'll, there'll be some more but uh, it's it's a pretty good list but uh, the, the big uh, the big uh, visit weekend uh, as always will always be the Alabama game kids are already deciding to come for that so uh, but uh, this weekend it's going to be a good one because a lot of committed kids are coming Malik Malachi Singleton is coming. Uh, this weekend, so uh, it'd be a good good day for those guys to continue to bond. You mentioned was it Walker White? You said from um, Little Rock Christian, correct? You know, he, Little Rock Christian plays at Shiloh Christian Friday night. Barry Odom's son plays at Shiloh. Is my understanding? I don't know if Coach will be able to be at the game or not, but uh, you know, he'll be perhaps watching his son. So uh, they'll already be in the Northwest Arkansas area. I just think about some of the games that are going to be in Northwest Arkansas on Friday night. So uh, that particular visit will will work out well. Who is someone that, and I know it's early in the process, but you think about these 11 a.m. games, you think about 2.30, how that makes it easier. Who's someone maybe in our state, maybe another player out of our state that's yet to to uh, dedicate one of his official visits that you think would be really important or a big signal uh, a big get of Arkansas could get this particular player on campus. Well, with them having twenty three commitments, I would say they're, they're you know for the most part they're pretty much done. So I'm not expecting uh, you know I guess there could always be a guy that in the last second uh, could uh, be added to the uh, official visit list. But to be honest with you, there's nobody that jumps out right now that I would say could could be uh you know a potential official visitor that you know is a highly recruited kid just because they're 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 pretty much done they may yeah. add one more guy maybe two but uh it there's you know they're pretty much done anyone from the 24s then the 24 well i mean the 24s they can't take uh the, the football players they can't uh, football prospects can't take okay. official visits till the spring Okay, so we'll take uh, take a look at that later. So that'd be interesting to uh, just kind of keep up with that. You know, with week two being an 11 a.m. game, that uh, uh, you know certainly might change some people's schedules. All right, week one or week zero, I guess technically, of high school football in the books. I know you were at the uh, Salt Bowl between Benton and Bryant. What stood out to you? I know there's some some uh, there was some good Division one talent on the field that night. Yeah, I, I like the uh, Bryant quarterback. I saw him when I went to uh, practice. Uh, uh, the uh, few days before the game, he, he's a promising 
prospect, I think. And then talking to, talking to Coach Buck James, he really likes him. He's probably about six foot, six one, about 210, 215 pounds. Very thick kid for a, for a sophomore. Kind of reminds me a little bit from a physical standpoint of Malachi Singleton, who's currently obviously committed to Arkansas as far as his built. But uh, he had a really good game. I think, and I think it's uh, Jordan Walker. Yeah, Jordan Walker is his name. He's one to keep an eye on. And obviously, a lot of people were there to see Braylon Russell. Braylon, uh, and as you could tell, uh, obviously, uh, it'd be a no-brainer. Brian was all over him. He he didn't have much uh, running room, and but you could still see flashes when he did have a little bit yeah. of running room. That he's a very physical young man, and and TJ uh, Lindsay obviously is a is a, a very promising uh, defensive end slash uh, possibly a defensive tackle. He continues to grow. Richard, who are some players that you're intrigued to watch here in Northwest Arkansas that at some point this season you're going to make your way out to a game? Uh, you know, uh, Fayetteville's got a promising uh, ninth grader that, you know, I, I, I want to keep an eye on. He's the son of uh, Jamil, uh, Jamil Walker, the strength and conditioning coach at Arkansas. Uh, and that, his name it kind of escapes me, but I'm going to keep an eye on him just because, from what I understand, he's a physical specimen. And if you've seen his dad, <laughs> a lot of people have seen his dad that you can kind of understand. But he's one kid that I, I'm definitely keeping an eye an eye on. And, and Joey Sua, obviously, who already committed to, to, to Arkansas, the offensive lineman, a lineman from uh, Bentonville. Uh, I'm, I'm probably maybe going to go see him pretty soon, but uh, uh, really, Jamel's uh, son is one that I, I'm pretty excited about because I'm hearing good things. But obviously, he's still very young, may, may not play a, a whole lot, but uh, from a physical standpoint, he already stands out. And Bentonville's at Conway this week, so for those kind of in your neck of the woods, that'd be an interesting game. You mentioned Fayetteville. Fayetteville um, lost their opening game to a good Cabot program and a good team there. You got North Little Rock, who was upset by Little Rock Catholic. To me, that's a very interesting game with two 0-1 teams, Fayetteville and North Little Rock meeting uh, in Fayetteville this Friday. Richard, I think that's a game a lot of people will have their eyes on the outcome of that game, and probably not a lot of people thought both would be looking for their first win of the year when they played this Friday night. You know, losing a cab, it's nothing to be ashamed oh, of. No. Oh, the, no. uh, the, the Catholic uh, win against North, Car- uh, North Carolina, <laughs> North, North Little Rock, that was surprising, but at the same time, year to year, you just never know how you know uh, uh, you know teams are. But just North Little Rock to struggle like they did, and that that was kind of a surprise. So I think that they're they're really going to be looking to, to to prove that that was a fluke. And uh, obviously, they got Quincy Rhodes, the defensive end that's committed to Arkansas, six 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 seven, about two hundred sixty pounds. So. People going to that game will be able to see a future Razorback. And just looking at some of the 7A West games this week, because there's only one home game for seven Central teams, but I want to bring up the West schedule because there's going to be people traveling in to the Northwest corner because of the Razorback game the next day. If you're thinking about a game to go see, you mentioned Cabot. They're playing at Bentonville West. We just mentioned Fayetteville and North Little Rock. They may get a little bit larger crowd because it's right there, uh, you know, right near campus. Um, Southside and Van Buren play in the River Valley. Uh, Springdale Harbor takes on Bixby, Oklahoma. You may know a little bit about them. Right? Exactly. You That'd got two future Razorbacks for Bixby. Yeah. Um, 
Rogers Heritage against Lewisburg, Kansas. Those will, those will be the 7A West games. And then uh, Springdale goes over to Farmington to play. So if you want to go watch another game that would be in Northwest Arkansas, you could go to Farmington. So kind of a good selection of some some high school games. Uh, and I think Fayetteville, North Little Rock would be a fun one to take in Friday night if you're already in Northwest Arkansas for the game on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, it's just right there. I mean, next to campus, so why not? But uh, definitely be able to see a guy that uh, – We'll be playing on Saturdays for Arkansas in Quincy, and the other one there in, at uh, Springdale, uh, you know, Harbor Tay playing Bigsby. So there's another good one, like you said, for some future Razorbacks. No doubt, no doubt, and that, you, you see quite a few Razorback fans at uh, games on uh, Friday night in Northwest Arkansas uh, before a Razorback game, and it just gives them another opportunity, especially to see you know guys that are. Uh, potential Razorbacks or uh, who have already committed, so uh, it's all, always uh, always uh, kind of fun to see uh, some 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 familiar faces. Sometimes when I see some few uh, some Razorback fans. Last thing to get to, Richard, it is burnt ins day. So when you do barbecue ribs, burnt ins, pork, whatever, are you a fan of just the dry rub or do you go barbecue sauce? I'm sauce. I'm a sauce guy. I love a uh, little spice, a uh, little spicy sauce, and uh, uh, that's 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 it's almost like that's almost like you know some, some people like to uh, try uh, you know different wines and uh, and, and, <laughs> and and things. I like trying trying different yeah. sauces. I'm not a big rub guy. So you don't you don't like a good merlot with your uh, with, with your burn ins. <laughs> No, no, uh, maybe something else along those lines, but not a wine. So uh, I'll have a, I'll have a, one of one of this year's finest Michelob Ultras to go with my uh, with my burn in. So burn ins day. I think we all should partake today. Richard, uh, enjoy your Thursday, and I know you're looking forward to Saturday. We'll catch up with you on the hill here real soon. All right, buddy. We'll see you guys. All right, Richard Davenport. Got to see him down at the Salt Bowl last week. Uh, looking looking better than ever. I mean, just. Uh, Fit, trim, ready to go for football season. That's Richard Davenport. We're brought to you by Matchstick Studios. Hey, if you uh, need new leads, you need new business, you need new clients and customers for the product or service you sell, you need a great-looking website because oftentimes your website's the first entree, if you will, into getting into uh, your business. If, you know, when someone Googles you, finds out about you, they're going to check out your website. What kind of impression... Think about this a second. What kind of impression does your business's website leave with that new customer? Does that make you shiver a little bit out there listening this morning? I've got a solution for you, and it's only $95 a month with Matchstick Studios. They'll create you a great-looking website in days, not months, not a quarter of the year. They'll have it done for you on budget at $95 a month with no other upfront cost, and they'll keep it going for you. Easy to edit. They'll show you how to do everything to keep the site the way you want it to look. It'll have all the security certificates, the great copywriting that'll help get you found, everything you need. Call Jordan and his crew at 479-755-3043 at 755-3043. By the way, it'll work on phones, tablets, computers, all of that stuff. You can see what I'm talking about at ModularOrange.com. That's ModularOrange.com for Matchstick Studios. So apparently there's potential for the college football playoff to expand. This is a report from Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports. Frustrated with the leadership of FBS commissioners, the college football player board of managers headed up by uh, Bill Hancock 
will meet this Friday with the goal of adopting an early playoff bracket that could start in the 2024 season. It would expand to 12 teams. Now, I think there's a great shot, if that happened this year, that you'd be in the college football playoff. I think this team has a great shot to finish inside that top 12 this year. It's 2024, at least projected, at least the reports out, though you have to wait. What do you think about this news that hit the headlines yesterday? Well, I think it's important you clarify who's meeting and and what they're going to talk about because you've got the management committee and then you've got the oversight committee. Let me get this exactly the the right governance here because there's two different groups that – that oversee it, and they, you know, one works for the other, and that's the College Football Board of Managers. And this one's the the eleven presidents and chancellors that represent each of the FBS conferences. And then you've got uh, the committee below that, who's supposed to be taking care of all of this, and that's the management committee. And I know that's a little bit confusing, but that's the conference commissioners and the athletic directors. And what Dennis is talking about there is. Apparently, the presidents and the chancellors are the you know want more movement on this. Now, when I look at this list of guys and gals that are on this top committee, that you know the, the board of managers, the the real bosses, the presidents and chancellors, I shudder to think that some of these, you know, the president at Western Kentucky, people we've never heard of. The only guy on this list you might know is Gordon G, who's the president at West Virginia, represents the Big Twelve. This. This might make you shudder a little bit, but that the, the, the full fate of college football might be in these people's hands sometime later today. Now, this meeting is going to be virtual, right? I think that's how I read it. They're going to meet over Zoom or, or something similar. I don't know. You, you probably have more intel on that than I, I do. I, I believe that's exactly how I read it. I'm not sure how big a decision is going to be made over a conference call. I think the ball's going to roll, but I think we're definitely headed this direction. I don't expect news today or this weekend or in the next five days that, hey, we're going to to expanded playoff in 24. There's a lot of moving pieces, and this is all driven by the TV money. And in order to get the TV networks to pay more, the playoff has to expand to a certain point where it's beyond just the two semifinals and the final and the New Year's Day six. Because if you just expand it out to eight teams – you're basically back to where you're at with your New New Year's Day Six Bowls and your semifinals and final. You've got to go beyond that, and they got to figure out this format. So, unfortunately, the guys in bow ties are going to be the ones maybe making the most critical decisions for college football instead of the commissioners and the people that are more hands-on day-to-day. Well, maybe this was just more of a forceful... Either we're going to do this, or y'all are going, or y'all are going to. And this meeting is to push the commissioners of college football: Sankey, Warren, Bowlesby's not at the Big Twelve anymore. I don't remember who they just hired. Uh, it's not Larry Nance, not Larry Scott at the Pac-12 or the Pac-8 or the Pac-6, whatever it is now. But there's a change, and they're going to have to push them towards that set change. Brett Yormack is your Big 12 commissioner. Man, that's a name that I'm just going to say repeatedly over Mm. and over for the next 10 years or whatever. The interesting dynamic when you look at the hierarchy and structure, I think it's important in this conversation, is you got to look at who's at the table and who has a vote. I think ultimately these commissioners, they want to preserve their jobs. They're making a ton of money. You know, the last thing they want is the blood on their hands if the decision goes bad. So, hey, let's kick this upstairs to the to the boss to the you know to the presidents to the chancellors and maybe it's not yours unless you work at West Virginia or you, or Mississippi State is the representative their president or chancellor is the representative for the SEC you know let the blood be on their hands if this goes sideways but ultimately 
to me, the the game within the game here is what happens because every FBS conference has a seat at this table, right? So the Mountain West is there with the same vote as the SEC. The American Athletic has the same vote as the ACC. Their, their votes weight the same. It's basically because then you also have Notre Dame that gets one vote too as the independent. That's kind of the tiebreaker. What happens with this power struggle? Because tell me the motivation for the non-Power 5 schools to to make a move here to help the Power 5 schools unless there's some kind of guarantee about access to the playoff or seats at the table. The only threat the, the Power 5 has coming back is, fine, do it your way. We'll break off and do our own thing and leave you completely out in the cold. So that, to me, is the game within the game that's going on here that ultimately who wins or what kind of compromise is made, because at the end of it, you basically, it's like Congress. you got a stalemate. you got even votes. The vice president's going to have to come in, and maybe the vice president in this case is Notre Dame. So I think that's interesting to see what the non-Power Fives and the Power Fives end up working out, and the threat on, on the Power Five side is fine. We'll, we'll go do our own thing without you. Well, I think another tentacle is this is the other report that Dennis Dodd broke yesterday that the Big 12 is trying to kind of pull back earlier from Oklahoma and Texas to 2024 so they can beat out the Pac-12 for media rights with ESPN and that. So that's going to play a part of this as well because if the Pac-12 is eradicated, which it basically is already with the loss and departure of USC and UCLA, the eventual departure, I would think that it becomes more of a Power Four conference, especially if the Big 12 is able to suck up four schools or whatever that happens. I don't, again, I think it's Power Three, man. SEC, you, you think you're just going to throw it. It's only ACC, Big Ten, and SEC. And I think it's 1, 1A, and then a distant two or three with the ACC. I mean, I, I I just don't think the current or the, well, not the current, let me rephrase, the future configuration of the Big 12 with Houston, Cincinnati, BYU, UCF, and then the remaining schools without Oklahoma and Texas, does that sound like, does that sound more like the AAC, the American Athletic, or does that sound more like the Big 10 and the SEC as far as the, the, the conglomerate of schools? Definitely the first. Exactly. So, I'm not really sure, and, and and I think another wave of merge, expansion, you know, the best thing the Pac, whatever is left, Pac-10 and the Big 12 could do is put it all in a pot and come out with, with a better collection of 16 schools somehow. That, to me, is the play that, that should have already happened. Combine your best schools in those two, because your your time zones are somewhat contiguous. Yes, you're going to be in the central. You still got Iowa State hanging out way in the outpost out east, but and you go all the way out west. But you look at kind of the configurations. Uh, it won't be like you. Well, you got West, west Virginia. Virginia. I forget about them out there. Country God Almighty. So, I mean, you, to me, that's that's what should happen. I don't know which sixteen teams go in there, but. You ought to take the best 16 out of those two leagues, and then you might have a true power four conference. But there's no possibility. Didn't we discuss that already with the legality of everything? Like, that's a good thought. The contracts, laws, and all that are, are meant to be changed, right? I mean, everything can be blown up at this point with Texas and OU leaving your league and with USC and UCLA leaving the other league. They're both hat in hand. You know, they're both desperate. They, they, they need a TV deal that matters. And 
They need a TV deal that will move the needle for their universities. Don't forget, UCLA was already, what, a $100 million deficit? One of the reasons they're, they're making this move. They're financially strapped already. So, you know, don't tell me that the other, if UCLA's in trouble, what's that lead you to believe? Probably every other school in that conference is in trouble to, in some capacity. Even even Oregon with with uh, Phil Knight as a sugar day, they still got problems. I mean, they just don't have the resources in that conference that that we've become accustomed to talking about in the SEC. When do you think we'll hear about a television rights deal with ESPN and the SEC? When do you think those numbers, hmm. facts, and figures? will come out, and Arkansas, an under-year checking company, will find out how much distribution they'll get from that said deal. End of the year, end of the regular season. I think some may be timed up and lined up with the conference championship game, somewhere in that neighborhood. These things don't happen overnight. They are very litigious, um, lots of clauses. I mean, one of the things they did the last time is what? Hey, we have conference expansion. We can basically blow this up. COVID, and you know, no one really knew what force majeure was. We thought it was a side, you know, some kind of appetizer to French restaurant. No, we found out what those those clauses we've always glossed over in any agreement we've ever signed. COVID has forced us to think differently about how we do business. Because now, eh, the worst case scenario is not going to happen. Well, really? Because we saw a worst case scenario in 2020. So, I think all of those things, Ty, make the process of getting a real deal done more difficult. And then... The SEC wants to do a deal, but is this going to start in, like you said, 24, 25? When, when's this going to happen? I think we, what we know now is nothing's going to happen for 2023. As we, you know, everybody's in the, in the leagues they're in, at least now, I would, I would suspect for next year. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. It's time for the Red River Dodge Morning Rush Daily Question. Red River Dodge in Heber Springs, Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. Log on at RedRiverDodge.com. Your Honor, I'd like to ask for a recess. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. The court will wait for an answer. It is burnt ends day across this great nation. Best type of barbecue out there. Is it burnt ends? Is it pulled pork? Is it brisket? Ribs? 877-377-6963 via call Via text. For your money, what is the best barbecue out there? Barbecue type. Let you get one thing that's done right, cooked to perfection. Burn ends is hard to beat. I mean, it's, they call it meat candy for a reason. Now, do you know where the. I'm going to test your barbecue knowledge here. What cut does the burn ends come from? No idea. What kind of meat is it? No idea. It's a beef or pork. I just eat it. <laughs> I, no clue. <laughs> 
I don't know. I rare. I don't cook burnt ends. I just eat them. Well, burnt ends are the other end of the brisket. So when you cook a, a brisket, has two parts: a point and a flat. So the flat is the is generally what when you go get a brisket sandwich. That's what's been smoked, sliced, and is on your brisket sandwich. The other end, which is uh, less lean, we'll call it. I hate to call it fattier. We'll call it less lean. That's what you put back on. You wrap it up. You treat it with love and care, and you you coddle it on that smoker, and then you slice it into cubes, and you put it in a pan, and you put more rub and more sauce on it, and you let that you let that uh, just marinate, and that's how you get the perfect burn ends. Good burn ends are always sauced because you need them to more or less marinate and just slow cook and render in that sauce. So that's how good burn ends are done, at least at my house. John from Mountain Home says brisket, hands down. John, I would agree with you. Brisket, that is burn ends. Yes. Same thing. It is, but burn ends are awesome to you. There's really, this is one of those questions where there's really no wrong answer. Any barbecue feedback like maybe if you said like barbecue chicken, I might kind of raise my eyebrows a little bit. But good, any good chicken quarters are done right are hard to beat. But as the number one, uh, I wouldn't put it my number one brisket. Brisket or burn ends. I mean, I, you know, you're saying the same thing when you say brisket and burn ends. Yeah. But uh, you know, you're talking about sliced versus you know prepared a little bit different. But that would be my number one. But man, that's like choosing between kids. You know, a solid baby back rib. Cooked perfectly, not overdone. People that think ribs falling off the bone are the way to go, you really show your lack of intelligence on barbecue because it's got to have a little pool, right? That's what you, I mean, I, I didn't you know don't that eat was a ribs thing. with a fork. I thought they were supposed to fall off the bone until you no. said something like a year ago. You I don't know. easily pull off the bone. I mean, I'd rather just, I don't know. I always thought the, the whole idea of like a perfect cooked meat was when. It just falls off the bone. That's mm-hmm. what I thought. The no, not not with that. ribs. Now, what you want when you do a pork butt, and you've smoked that that twenty pound pork butt for you know, an hour and a half a pound at two twenty five. You want to be able to cleanly pull that shank out of that pork butt, and it's clean as a whistle. That's when you know, man, I've done this right. And uh, but now, for, for my money, I mean, to each their own. But to me, ribs are a little overdone. And too tender. I know that sounds adverse, but ribs can, for my money, be too tender. Because if they're falling off the bone, they just become a mess at that point. Now you've just got basically pulled pork again. So you're you're saying that you don't want them to fall off the bone, not because of the quality of the meat, because of the, the mess you're saying. No, you, because well, ribs are meant to have just a, a, a little bit of a tug. Not a chew, but a tug to get off the bone. That's That's when they're the perfect doneness. The perfect doneness. I think huh? if you went to Memphis in May or a big, you know, Kansas City for a big barbecue contest, that's exactly what judges at a contest like that are looking for with ribs. Sofa Keen saying on YouTube, you might as well have pulled pork if you cook ribs to fall off the bone. Exactly. That's exactly what I just said. Yeah. Robin, Ma- right. Robin Mountain says barbecued pork steaks. Have you ever done the, that before? Uh, yeah, but that would I mean basically you're talking about pork chops at that point, just however they're they're cooked. I, hey, there's nothing better than a bone-in pork chop done right, but that's that's hard to smoke because generally if it's cooked, if it's cut right, you got a big like French cut double bone pork chop. Well, it's so dense, you're not going to get a good smoke on that, but those are awesome on the grill. Now I'm hungry all of a sudden. 
It is. I mean, barbecue is the. I put a pork butt out. I pulled one out of the freezer last night. I am. Uh, is that what tried, you decided on for Saturday? Well, it's a small pork butt. It's only like three pounds, four pounds. So I'm, you know, ribs have gotten back. And I don't know how we got off on groceries here in barbecue, but it's a good conversation. Ribs have gotten back to a decent price again. You know, you used to go to like Sam's, and ribs were. You know, in before all this inflation stuff, ribs had gotten, you know, we're down mid 20s for that three pack of baby backs. Well, then during. Are they rocking infl- it back up? Well, that, no, they went to like $40, $50. Now they're back down in the mid 20s. So I may do some ribs this weekend uh, to go with that small pork butt because you can, you can cook for the, you can cook on Saturday and eat on it the whole weekend because you got Monday. 877-377-6963. We're going to talk to Tom Murphy here coming up in just a bit. Before we do that, though, let's go to JW in London. JW, you said you this was uh, something that was near and dear to your heart, this ribs conversation. Well, yeah, you're talking about uh, ribs. And you're talking about it kind of casually, like getting this perfect rib is kind of an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, to get that right amount so that you, it's, Tender, but still just a little bit yep. chewy. That's pretty damn hard to do. There's I'm a sweet saying. spot there. <laughs> yeah, there's a sweet spot, JW. What's that? There's a sweet spot to it. There's a science. An yeah, I know. Yeah. That's, that's why I like to go to West Memphis or, or, or KC or one of them places because it takes a lot of attention. You've got to, you can't be doing a lot of other stuff. This is something like that. You've got to give it your full attention. Because like you said, you miss the sweet spot and several hours worth of prep and everything else oh. is just, oh, hell. I mean, you you spent anyway, all, spent all morning pulling that membrane off of the back of the ribs, you know, coating them down with mustard to get your to get your rub on them. I mean, there's a process to all this. You know, it just doesn't just, just happen. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I'm ready to tee it up. I'm the excitement, even here in Clarksville, I was out last night, and it was just palpable. It wasn't a real big crowd because it was the first night of the, the county fair. I went out to sing a little bit of karaoke and practice some vocal chops. And what did you and, sing? J.W., what did you sing at karaoke at the county fair? Well, let's see. I think I did three last night. I I did, uh, uh, let's see, I did uh, one of them. Well, you can't remember, man. The closing. The closing one was the George Thurgood, Bad to the Bone. There you go. Uh, Did you say it bad? Well. Did you do it like that? I was actually really bad. Bad. That's me. Yeah, that's me. Right, <laughs> but anyway, that. y'all have a good weekend, and, <laughs> and I'm, like everybody else, excited about Saturday. Uh-huh. I'm glad so many people are excited about barbecue. All right, that's our Red River Dodge Morning Rush Daily Question. Red River Dodge in Heber Springs, Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. Log on at redriverdodge.com. Let's go to Tom Murphy. Welcome in two days out from Arkansas, Cincinnati. Tom, good morning. Thanks for hopping on. Arkansas and the Bearcats. What do you expect out of Saturday's game? What, what are you really sinking your into, teeth into this matchup? Well, yeah, good morning. It's always a pleasure to be with you guys. Um, just um, how how each team's going to respond to the, basically the hype that's on them. Um, I, I think openers are always fascinating because there's something that happens that surprises the other team. You know, the other team gains some kind of advantage, whether it's a big play or maybe even a score. And then you have to adapt on the run. And Sam Pittman has referenced that several times in the last week that, 
you know, and that's that's basically the genesis of the iced tea and liquor comment was, <laughs> you know, what are what are teams going to do? How can we adjust and improve and you know, and then get the advantage on them somehow? Um, so the reference he's made is the LSU game. They show up down there and they're getting cover zero. I mean, they're they're coming, they're sending the kitchen sink at them. Um, and you know, honestly, if not for KJ's escapability, getting out of that uh, that blitz and finding Dominic Johnson wide open. In a couple of other plays, uh, Arkansas might not win the game because LSU threw something at them that they had to deal with the entire game. And so what is Cincinnati going to do in that regard? How much pressure are they going to send? Um, how much does Arkansas have to protect or, or possibly max protect? And then, uh, you know, what is Arkansas going to do that causes Cincinnati trouble? So I, I think that chess match um, is a huge part of this. And you know, honestly, I've, I've been looking at this matchup inside and out, and I just think on paper, um, I think Arkansas has got a, a slight edge. And, and being at home plays into that and some other things. Uh, can they take advantage of that? You know, are they the team that stays on the field, converts its third and shorts? Are they the team that hits them with a big play or, you know, scores a touchdown in some unexpected manner? So, I don't know. I love football. I love the fact that there's so many moving parts that have to mesh together to make plays work. And um, I think Saturday is going to be a whale of a season opener. Evan Prater, Ben Bryant, those are the two potential quarterbacks Arkansas could see on Saturday. Who gets the start, Mm. Tom? Well, the guys I've talked to feel like Bryant is is the guy who's going to get the nod. Uh, You know, he started all last year at Eastern Michigan. Decent numbers. The TD to INT ratio wasn't great. I think 14 to 7. But he passed for more than 3,000 yards. He's a willing rusher, too, but uh, I think he ended up with a pretty minimal running last year uh, at Eastern Illinois. I mean, Eastern Michigan. Uh, however, I think if they go two or three series and don't have a lot going on, then you're probably going to see Prater. And is that is that the kind of thing that gives Arkansas issues, you know, with containment? Uh, and, you know, who can, who can track down this fast quarterback? So even though Luke Fickle has said... I believe he's basically said we have a plan, and not necessarily to, run, to play two quarterbacks. I think they'll clearly go to it if need be. Sam Pippen talked yesterday about not putting the pads on yesterday and taking it a little easier in practice. He he said he didn't want to be soft, but he wanted to be smart. What what were your thoughts when you heard that comment from uh, Sam Pittman yesterday in the in the days leading up to this first game? Well, you want your locker room to be, you know, on board with the way you're handling everything. And I think it's probably a smart move to have the players in a good frame of mind. He said practices on Monday and Tuesday were super physical. And uh, I don't know. They've, they've been able to strike some type of balance on being very physical, but yet not talk, talk, tackling to the ground, really, in this camp, other than in some individual drill work. Yeah. He said the studying that they do is actually tougher. You have to get yourself in better position than to, to actually tackle. So that's going to be a component of this game worth watching. How well uh, does Arkansas tackle? Um, how well does Cincinnati tackle? Because um, five, six years ago, you'd have seen a considerable bit more of tackling to the ground in camp, and they just haven't done a lot of that. 
You know, players will tell you sometimes the soreness the second day after, you know, contact and all that is the worst. And I'm sure they're trying to time it up where everybody's bodies feel as good as they're going to feel possibly going into Saturday. So I'm sure that's part of the uh, the calculus here in, in making these practice plans. That's absolutely what they're up to. Look for peak performance. Yeah. What are what have our studies shown in, in uh, the amount of heavy physical activity and then rest? And so everybody's hydrating right now, and you're aiming for that peak performance. And he was vague about the names, but it sounded to me as if Brady Latham is going to be in position to start at left guard and that Jaden Hazelwood is going to be in position to start in the slot. Um, you talk about things I'm interested in. Who does KJ go to in games? We know he's going to throw balls at Trey Knox. We get the sense that he, he's going to really like Jaden Hazelwood and the things he does out of the slot, things they do to get him open. And you know, who else? Does Matt Landers get open deep? Does, does Malik Hornsby take some reps at receiver and get something done for you there? And plus, we know they want to be physical and run the ball. I think the game plan is to try to pound on them, keep the ball on the ground to a good degree, and, and make Cincinnati's safety start coming up, and, and then try to take advantage over the top. But we know from two years' worth of experience that Kendall Browse has done a really good job at seeing what defenses are trying to do to you and then uh, making ways, uh, finding ways to make them pay. Tom, if you win the coin toss, what do you think Sam Pittman will want to do and what would you do if you had your choice of taking the ball or uh, or deferring to the second half? Ooh, um, you know, I think he's gone back and forth a little bit this on this, depending on conditions and all kind of different factors. And I cannot remember uh, who won the coin toss for Texas, but it wouldn't surprise me if, if they wanted to go the same direction as what happened in the Texas game. A lot of times coaches will want to be on defense first, set the tone, you know, mm-hmm. make sure you're going to have the second half kickoff, things like that. But other times, if you feel like you got some stuff in your arsenal, you can score first, you take the ball and try to get on top and, and kind of get them behind the eight ball. So yeah. I don't know. I think he's gone back and forth, and I'm not sure what he would do. Yeah, I don't want to read too much into it, but it, it does give you some insight into which side of the ball maybe they feel better about, at least for that game or that matchup that day. So, you know, I don't want to overanalyze the, the results of the coin toss and the coach's decision, but I, I do think it gives you some a glimpse into to what they think about both sides of, the, of, of their team. I think it does, um, and, and even if it's just a snapshot for that moment, for that mm-hmm. one game, um, you know, people are going to pay a lot of attention to this defense. Can they hold up? You know, Sam thinks that Cincinnati is just going to try to run the ball on them because they were such a great run team and they have a veteran line. Can these D-tackles we've heard so much about in camp hold up? Are they going to have the depth? Are the DNs able to hold their gaps? Um, because they are in some ways unproven in terms of big stats. So, um, you know, same the same holds for Cincinnati. If they win the toss, what will they choose to do? So um, we will find this out in a couple of days. A couple of college football questions for you this morning, Tom. Did you see the story from Dennis, Dennis Dodd about the potential college football playoff expansion? They're meeting Friday and could, as early as 2024, go to 12 teams? Um, I did, and you, you would think that we've heard a little bit more rumblings about you know, will a vote be taken? Is, does something have momentum in terms of, of the format? 
And so, you know, it would be a little bit surprising to me if we find out tomorrow that, yeah, we have a format for 24. But, honestly, the way things have gone in college football the last two to three years, nothing would surprise me anymore. And um, I think it's uh, a matter of inevitability. It's going to be expanded at some point. And it's really just a matter of who, who gets the invitations, how they sort those things out. 12 would be pretty big. You know, when you think about the terms of the length of the season, 12 would be a huge number. But um, I think they, whatever they want to do next, whatever they try to do next, they want it to be something that holds uh, some permanence, at least for a couple of decades, I would think. Tom, I know your pregame is going to consist of getting there early and monitoring who's on the field, who's going through what drills. You're not going to really get a chance to watch the early games. But for the night games that you might get to watch the second half of after you write your story or two, are you going to be more focused on Ohio State, Notre Dame, or is the Utah and Florida game in Gainesville going to catch your eye a little more? Well, you know, when is the Georgia-Oregon game? 2.30. I I have not looked off. Same time. What? Same time as Arkansas, 2.30. Oh, gosh. I would like to have seen that game in its entirety, so I might have to tape that one. Uh, but honestly, I'm a, I'm a flipper. If there's a close game, if a team's in scoring range, um, I will I will flip games. Both of those hold great interest to me uh, as an AP voter. Um, I, I was not – somehow I slipped my, my mind, or I didn't see it, that Utah opens at Florida. And Utah is so highly regarded. Could be the class of the Pac-12 this year. And they have to open on the road. And I think it's a, a whale of a challenge to go down to Florida. So I will definitely spend time looking at that game, too, as well as Ohio State Notre Dame. And uh, that's going to be a lot of late-night recap watching um, on Saturday. Well, we'll leave it there, Tom. Get some rest before Saturday, and uh, we'll talk again and recap it on Tuesday. Y'all, I like the sound of it. Y'all have a great weekend. All right, Tom Murphy with us here on the Morning Rush. The Labor Day sale's on right now at Cheap Seat Mattresses and Furniture. They got full-size mattress specials, including mattress, box spring, frame, starting at $299, gel memory foam mattresses with everything you need, starting at $399, and Labor Day savings on sofas and love sets, sectionals, and more, all starting at $899 right now. Check out the Split King mattresses. Uh, get a free Split King King mattress with a purchase of a Split King adjustable bed starting at $1599 right now. That's a 55% savings at Cheap Sleep. There's locations all over the Morning Rush listing area. Spring Bentonville, Fort Smith, and in Conway. Tell them you heard it here on the Morning Rush and get a free gift as well. It's all at Cheap Sleep. Again, Springdale, Bentonville, Fort Smith, and in Conway. Hey, did you know uh, Sam Pittman wrestled? Yes, I did wrestle in fifth grade. Got beat by a sixth grader. Oh, see, he had an advantage. That wasn't fair. Well, he did have an advantage, but if you're going to the point where Coach Fickle and I are going to wrestle, that will not happen because he put me in some kind of double chicken wing, and I'm not trying to do all that. So if Coach, what, what is a double chicken wing? I can't can't say that. I had a buddy or two in high school that wrestled. Actually, one that won the, the state championship two or three times in a row. It was late. Greg Hatcher, Little Rock dude, he got it going here in Arkansas. And then now it's, I think it's pretty popular nowadays. Well, I mean, I think from where it nearly is. all high schools have a wrestling yeah. team. There was no such it, thing, when, no I, such thing. when I went through. So, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, it it's, you know. And we had wrestling, you know, that that involved something totally different. Goofing you know? around or whatever. But yeah. I, I did that. I find that kind of funny. Coach Pittman was joking. He's like, yeah, I was in the heavyweight class back then. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> if I saw a pit on the other side of the mat for me, 
I'd I'd crumble. Well, I'd you, just, you can't let him get you on the mat. If he ever gets you on the mat, it's over. I mean, he's going to have all the leverage. He's going to pin you. And that double chicken wing thing he's talking about there, it doesn't sound like any fun if, if Pitt's involved. So. No, but apparently he's given leeway to Coach Fickle in this one. Fickle's a pretty stout dude as well. He's a, a guy that well, I think uh, he played for. Now, I, I know John Cooper, uh, halftime had him on earlier this week, who he played for at Ohio State, and – uh, he's got a, a really deep football background knowledge. Well, I don't know if, if Fickle's wrestled or whatever, but I just did find that funny. So, Pittman, I think I think he said also during that that conversation that he chose basketball instead, play a little basketball as well. So, your hmm. your head coach played a few sports, if I remember well, correctly. Back, I mean, Pitt's of that age, both those guys of an age when you – you didn't specialize in one sport. Them. You played them all. You you started out playing football at the beginning of the school year. Then you went, you know, all the kids went into basketball. And then if your school had baseball, you did. If not, the worst was track because that's all you did was run. Uh-huh. So you were hoping to be a guy like Pitt or someone you do shot put or do a field event where maybe you just didn't run all day, every day. I Everyone has that friend in high school yeah. that played another sport that he or she wasn't any good at just so he could get out conditioning yeah. for that other sport. Yeah, but that's what you did back back then. I mean, there wasn't any soccer. There wasn't, I mean, your team may, your school may or may not have had a golf team. You know, there wasn't volleyball. And, you know, now there's so many sports that they're in time to play too. I mean, there's so many requirements and now everything's, more or less become year-round. Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Clay, how are you, man? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm ready for some football. I guess everybody else is too, right? Have you I made? Can't go, I can't go anywhere with without someone asking about the game. I, have you made the adjustment? Has it really sunk into you that hey, I don't, I'm not going to the press box. I don't have to worry about a magazine Sundays. Well, All that really sunk in for Clay yeah, yet? Yeah, I I am going to go to the press box. Okay, I going. probably won't be in my regular seat. Um, that I've been in, you know, 30 years. I'll probably be back on the back row or something. Um, and But I don't have to stay to the end of the game. You know, you can figure that out however you want to. I have no responsibility at all. Uh, I would, I will sit in the stands if Gene Ann can come, uh, but I'm not going to sit in the stands by myself and uh, subject myself to all, all the peripheral <laughs> conversations that go on around you. Oh, no, we couldn't if, do that. <laughs> I mean, but if Gene Ann goes, I will. She wants, but we're... Um, we're dog sitting this weekend for our, for our uh, daughter, and too many dogs to travel, and it's just it's just doesn't work for Jean Ann this time. And it's a long weekend. We've got guests and everything. Now they're going to watch the game, but you know she she said she didn't couldn't really go. Mm. 
So what, so, do you, what do you think about this game this weekend? Cincinnati, this is your kind of game. Two experienced offensive lines. No question. Slobber knocker up front in the A and B caps. I mean, I, I, I shouldn't be surprised that you're actually going because this is this is your kind of ball game. Yeah, well, it's a good opener. I mean, it reminds me of, you know, what Arkansas did in the uh, – you know, the early 70s when they played all those West Coast teams and you play, a, you know, they were playing Stanford, Cal, USC twice or three times. The, this is, a, you know, this is a pretty good opener. And I, you know, I think that Cincinnati's program has really gained prominence. They played in the, you know, in the first round of the playoffs last year. You know, and we, we, ha- we have the measuring stick. They've played Georgia and Alabama at the end of the last two years in, I mean, I thought they were competitive ball games. I mean, they didn't score a lot against Alabama, but it was close for a while. Yeah. Obviously, they pushed Georgia to the wire. Yeah, this is going to be a uh, an interesting game, and, and we'll get into maybe some of the more uh, finer points of it. But you've become so accustomed to writing your keys to the game yeah. for for all yeah. these years. Have, have you have you thought about or uh, what would you know? Let me try to pry out a, a key or two for you uh, from you this week for this game. You normally yeah, give us four I, or five. Give us give us a few here. Yeah, I would do ten to twelve, but I I probably can't do that right now. But I would say number one, uh, and, and Sam Pittman talked about it Monday, and I think it's you know I've it's kind of been staring me in the face since I did a little research on Cincinnati in the summer. They really try to block kicks, and they have blocked punts and field goals, and obviously Arkansas under Pittman. They struggled early, uh, you know, and have some punts blocked. And, of course, they had one blocked uh, uh, against Georgia last year. So, you know, Cincinnati's coming after that, yeah. their, their kicker. Yeah. So that's key number one. Right? I, heard, I heard Sam talk about that, that, hey, we're, our our reputation right now until we fix it is early in the year, we're not very good at protecting the punter. So, you know, so if they've worked hard on that. If he's, yeah. if he's told that to us in the public and the media – we can only imagine the emphasis behind closed doors and what Scott Fountain and him have been working on. So that's I hadn't even thought about it from the angle of, yeah, it's early in the year where you've had the problems, so that would be even more of a clue or a tell for an opponent that, hey, they don't always have their, their best stuff on special teams together for protection early. So maybe a little more work on protecting the kicker uh, in camp this year. Yeah, and I saw it in the spring. I watched several practices in the spring, and they were working on – different drills protection drills you know teaching technique especially for those you know those you know 10 or 12 guys that might be in that little inside you know core group and you know that line up on either side of the snapper you know those those five guys you know you're there's a lot of times you got to bring your gunners in if, if they're lining up and you know they, they're not really setting up return you better bring them in and help so they've done all of that and in detail, but it's it's still the first game, guys. Yeah. So Clay Henry with us here in the morning, Raj. If you got a question for Clay, you can call or text the program here this morning. Uh, I think we got Scott from Conway that's asked a question. It's not up on my screen, but he was wanting, I got to, you. He's wanting to know about uh, pressure from the inside and the defensive line, I believe. Lack so. of defensive line makers, he's noticing that, seeing they lost three starters. Uh, do you think they'll have more or less sacks this year, Clay? Yeah, I don't know that uh, you know that I can answer that. I mean, it's the detail of how many sacks they're going to get probably determines by how their coverage is on the outside their corners. Uh, they think their corners are better. They think they've got better depth there, 
and we'll see. You know, is Miles Slusher is he a capable nickelback? You know, that's that's a big part of the game uh, today. You know, teams are you know they spread you out a little bit. I think Cincinnati's a tight end team. They they might play two tight ends mm-hmm. from what I hear, but it, it's still if if you can't cover, you're not going to blitz. I think that they have a difference maker, and and it's probably not specific to the defensive line but drew sanders i think is i think they're brokenhearted at at alabama that he got away and i think somebody on that staff from what i understand got crushed by saban and that they did not want that to happen and when i watched him in the spring and saw his foot speed and the quickness of his feet for a six five you know 235 240 he is an athlete he will make a difference in blitz situations and they may just you know, take a defensive lineman out, bring in another back, and put him, you know, outside and in, which is where he played at Alabama and started three games. And you just think, he started three games last year at Alabama at Rush In, and there's not a place that has better talent than, than Alabama at that particular position. And if he won the job in August camp, you know he's, he's a special talent. Um, Bumper Poole gets there, and he makes the plays. I think Drew Sanders will beat him to the place. Clay, he's the, if I remember correctly, the lone transfer starter, at least according to the depth chart. Landon Jackson. Well, I think uh, I think Hazelwood from Oklahoma is going to start too, right? Well, defensive. So you got. Oh well, okay, but yeah, but he's not the lone starter. Yeah, just on that side of the ball. Yes. So you've got Landon Jackson, who's listed at two behind Deshaun Stewart. Latavius Brainy is listed at two, and you also got Newton McLaughlin, who's blind behind Hudson Clark. Are you a little surprised that Sanders, at least for the first game, what do we have in front of us is the only defensive transfer that's listed as a starter? Well, I'm not surprised. I mean, I, I didn't really have expectations of who was going to win what job. Um, you know, Landon Jackson didn't play, you know, much. And uh, Dominic didn't, you know, he didn't get here until the summer. So, I mean, you know, he's he's behind a little bit. So that's that's not surprising there. McLaughlin's been hurt, so that, that explains that. And if there's a position where they've got the most depth in returnees, it's probably safety in, in nickel where, you know, all those guys played last year. So, you know, I think, you know, the the key part about it is all of them figure in the depth chart. All of them going to play. Yeah, and so. they, they may play equally. Time and I mean, so what difference does it make if you you know you play quarters one and three and two and four, and you know you may want some guys you know that play two and four that are pretty good. So yeah. you you can shuffle it however you want to. Nolan used to say. You know, he had finishers, not starters. That's what you said earlier this yeah. week, Tommy. Just because, and it just because the depth chart is the way it is now, and just because you're starting that game doesn't mean you're guaranteed to finish the yeah. game. I Man, look at a guy Clay like Terry Hampton. He, I mean, he's going to, I think, figure into the game plan. You, you mentioned uh, Landon Jackson earlier. I think on that defensive line, you got some guys that are new to the program, and you know. He's not a transfer, but he's a freshman. I'll be interested to see where Nico Davier figures in, and it may be later on in the year, but I think there's a guy that's going to, as Coach likes to say, play some ball for us this year. Yeah, he, he really was good in in fall camp, and they, you know, I'm not saying they were surprised. Um, they knew he was a talent, but you just don't know how a guy's motor is going to run as a true freshman in his first camp. And how you know the installations slow him down, 
or don't, or he turns an ankle and he misses, you know, 10 days. Um, that all is is kind of leans against a freshman playing in the defensive line early. That's not a position that you just throw one out unless he's a real talent. Uh, but I think he's, you know, and he's going to play on special teams, so you're going to get him, you know, the, the feel of going and playing in games. But I, I like what they've got in the defensive line and at the edge. And I think the guy that nobody's talking about that I think is a real factor for this team and how they're going to play is Tashad Stewart. And if you watch a practice, and I watch two full practices, not just the first of it, and you see the way he goes at the start of practice and the way he goes at the end of the practice, and it just lifts everybody around you. I mean, he just got that motor that you want for a defensive player. If you got questions for Clay, you can call or text 877-377-6963. We're talking about newcomer or uh, incoming players, true freshmen, transfer players. Here's a question from Brad and Fayetteville. This is the other side of the ball, but does Isaiah Satania play significant snaps in this first game, Clay? Well, you have to define what significant means. I'd say he plays at, you know, a minimum of, you know, 8 to 10 or something like. That. I don't see him out there for 30 plays. And they're going to play the guys that they are most comfortable with, especially in this game. And I I think you will see him on the field, and you'll see him get the ball. But as far as is he out there for 30 plays, probably not. Not, you know, they, they'll want to grade him and see how he holds up in a game. He's a true freshman, yeah. and he was not here in the spring. Now, they say he's smart and he's picked it up. But this is a game that, that you want your – you know, your most reliable players out there until it's either, you know, in hand one way or the other. And now I think Arkansas is going to win. I've got really good feelings about this team. And I think that Cincinnati is, is you know, changing quarterbacks is a big deal, guys. Yeah. It just is. For what it's worth, on the two deep released in the game notes, he is not on the two deep at any of the three yeah. wide receiver yeah, positions. See, that's my so, point. Yeah. And I think maybe his impact before the year is over. Now, Bryce Stevens going to return punts. He's he's leading that depth chart. But I think Satania might be a greater impact player on special teams by the time we get to November than than maybe even wide receiver. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough to when you look at the schedule and say, okay, it's Cincinnati and South Carolina to start. You can't just get your feet wet. You know, these are, these are, you know, you could say, I don't know if they're toss-up games, but they're pretty much a pick them, I think. Well, if you, if you want to win 10, tell me how you get to 10 wins without going 2-0 or 3-0 and to start the season. Well, I mean, that's that's becomes but pretty... But the key part is that you, you just can't just throw freshmen out there if you don't need to, and they don't need to, and that's why this team is better. Um if a freshman is out there, it is because he has really, really excelled in practice and proven himself. They're not just, they don't have to put guys out there to, to fill out, you know, the too deep anymore. They, or, or necessity due to injury, one or the other. So. No, that's, that's true. It could, you know, you can have a position weekend. You know, you start getting, but they haven't. So far, that's been the good part about camp. Yeah, and I, you know, Satania worked some in the slot, and we're going to see Hazelwood in the slot. I think that's an interesting thing, and you brought this up after watching a practice. Is, you know, Hazelwood, who I think a lot of people thought might be more on the edge and, and maybe running deeper routes, 
Um, looks like Jaden's going to be coming out of the slot. Is I mean, that's exactly where they've got him on the depth chart. It is hard to double a guy right there. And it, if you do, they love it because it means the safety is not in the run game. Clay, let's go to Northeast Arkansas where Otis is waiting in Paragold. He's asking, is this the most talent you've seen on a Razorback football roster since X amount of years? He sees talent all the way up to the kicker, even in the positions. What do you yeah, think? I think that uh, there was pretty good talent at one point in the Petrino era. And I really like the offensive and defensive lines during Bielema's time. And then you go back to Houston nut time, and there was some real talent there, some first-rounders. Uh, but it's, it is, uh, you know, it's, it's the best depth in a number of years. And that's what Sam's done is that he's been able to fill the roster with guys and then develop them, and it's the third year in the program. There are guys that are going to play that didn't start last year that just everybody assumed portal guys were going to beat them out, and they didn't. You know why? They're better. They were good players, but not ready to play, and now they are. Mm-hmm. Guys like Stewart and Williams at the end, they're better players than they were last year. This one's from Casey right here in northwest Arkansas on Farmington. How much of a mismatch will Trey Knox be at tight end this year, Clay? Oh, you know, I mean, he's, I think he's going to be a solid tight end. And you're in the SEC. They've got good safeties that, that – that don't just roll over when there's a good tight end over there. I mean, you can't. I mean, everybody's got one. I'm talking about a mismatched tight end. And, you know, it's he's he is somebody that can play the position. How much of a mismatch? Well, I, I'm not sure. Week to week, we'll see. And, but uh, he, is, he is extremely ready to play the position in all aspects. And he wasn't last year because he wasn't big enough, but now he is. Clay Henry with us on the Morning Rush is brought to you by Wheels RV, five miles west of Exit 72 off of I-49 in Springdale. The best brands, the best prices, a lifetime warranty on every new RV they sell at Wheels RV. That means you have the peace of mind. Plus, they even have a mobile service shuttle that will come to you and make it easy for you to keep on camping. It's all at Wheels RV, five miles west of Exit 72 off of I-49 in Springdale. Seek, explore, discover with Wheels RV. Clay, what kind of crowd and atmosphere are you expecting on Saturday? Oh, it'll be great. Now, I will say that when you look at uh, you know Labor Day weekend, it's tough to, to really have a great crowd. If this wasn't such a good game, I think there'd be a lot of empty seats. But it is a terrific uh, opponent. It's the kind of non-conference game everybody has yelled for that, you know, that they don't want to see. Uh, you know, a rent a win. Uh, th- this is, you know, this is a real game. And, but I think that playing it at three o'clock in September isn't the smartest thing. So there'll be some empty seats. It's not a tight sellout. I think you can get in if, if you just, mm-hmm. you make it to the, to the uh, stadium. Yeah, I think there'll be tickets available outside and, uh, there's still some tickets available through the university if you want to go. But I-, I think this will be, we, we put the over-under at 74,000 yesterday when Chuck was here and we were kind of kicking it around. I, I think you're going to see a crowd in the 70s. This won't be a, like you're saying, a 
a Labor Day opening game where you've had 63 or 64,000. I think it'll be a, a noticeably larger and louder crowd than that. We set oh, the... People are excited for this team. I do. Guys. Yeah, I think so. Tommy's, Sorry, Ty. No, you're good. Uh, I was going to say, Tommy set the over-under at 74 yesterday, Clay, and I'd say that's a pretty accurate depiction yeah. of what we could probably see on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't... I'd probably pick the same number as the over-under, and I might say under, but like 73,982. I think the the first number, we'll start with a seven. I'll be surprised if it's – I think they've Me sold too. more yeah. tickets than that already, what, yeah, what I probably think. Probably so. And, and I think that some of the seats that are available, they were – you know, Cincinnati didn't sell all of their allotment, so there's that's not why they have a few. Otherwise, I think it would have been a sellout. And if you want – we did this a little bit last year. If you at any point just want to give your tickets away to a fan on the program, you're welcome to do that. We'll negotiate and construct. And it's easy. Like you brought up, it's so much – now, I'm a paper ticket guy. My grandpa, my dad, they've taught me that way. But from a sending standpoint and transferring, Tommy, it, it's not much easier. You I, send a text, accept it, bing, bang, you're going to the game. I had to send out quite a few tickets yesterday and got it all done in about 20 minutes. Now, you know how long it had taken to – Get six or eight people rounded up, like like Chuck was saying. Hey, meet me at the Harps down here at ten. I'll be parked out by the gas pump. And you know we don't do that stuff anymore. We'll be doing a deal. Uh, yeah. Did I hear? Did, did I hear Chuck say that he has ten sideline passes to give away? I don't, the stadium I don't tomorrow? think that's what I he, he said. said that. Maybe I, not. I don't think. Uh, I don't think those were his words yesterday. I, I think he also has some lot forty four parking passes, <laughs> yeah, front row guaranteed. So, all right, more with Clay coming up. We'll get back into some of the keys to the game that are uh, that Clay sees is uh, imperative for the Hogs to win on Saturday. Bud Light Next is available nationwide today. Anywhere you can buy your your other Bud Light products. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.